The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome all you intentional spirits out there. We love hearing from you and we love your positive feedback regarding our show and things and artists and authors that you love to hear and learn more. As I always like to say, our purpose is to order, uh, to offer tools, uh, the various tools that are supportive and being an intentional spirit that offer you the opportunity to realize that you are a product of all the intentional moments that you've had in your life. And I'm thrilled today that we have just a wonderful artist, a really dynamic human being. Uh, his name is Everardo Gonzalez. Everardo Gonzalez. And he is just so gifted and talented. He's one of the reasons that I find passion, like so many of you, to keep art within our school system, within spiritual communities, because it is the grace and that deep-rooted connection to spirit. Art is how so many people can say without words what needs to be said. Ev, welcome to our show today. Well, thank you for having me here. I'm so excited and honored to be just in the midst of your presence. So thank you for Welcome into your show. Well, I tell you, I, I thank you. I love your sacred story. Uh, your story to me is the reason that all of us um, are clear about uh, getting up in the morning and doing what we do. Um, your story reminds me of how fortunate we are as adults to be in the midst and spiritual community of young people, of knowing the real root of education is not to talk at and force information down, but to allow it to unravel. And just everything that you are, and there's so many different layers uh, that you have to offer. And before we get started, Tell us a little bit of how, probably like myself at an early age, people didn't recognize that you belonged in a mystery school or that you were probably a descendant of the Buddha tribe, right? <laughs> people <laughs> probably didn't recognize that right away. Um, tell us a, about what has shaped you. What saved me early on? 
Yeah, what has shaped you in your life? Like, how did you, um, you know, has it always been easy for you? Did you have uh, moments in your childhood that has brought you to do the work that you do in the world today? Tell us your story. Well, um, what shaped me has been um, the adversity um, early on in life. And um, as a child, um, as most children, they have no understanding of what, is going on, if all the violence they're experiencing is their world, and is, is that what they're here for, to experience violence. And um, one of the um, important moments in my life was um, early on in um, preschool. Um, I had a preschool teacher who actually um, abused me and um, locked me in a closet regularly. Uh, through a regular basis, and what I found in that closet was um, so much more than just my tears and my pain and suffering at that time. Um, I had no understanding of what those tears meant, but today I have the grace and the understanding to know that those tears um, that I shed um, every day being in preschool was um, just my calling to to know that I am love, my calling to um, know that there is a different world out there. Um, one of the, um, I remember one of the mo- one of the days that I was in the closet. I remember peeking through that keyhole, and I envisioned what the world would be like if I could be on the other side of the door. I envisioned what. I would be creating like the other children. And as I went through my envisioning process, today what I realized what I was doing in that closet this whole time was prayer. And yet prayer to me is so much more than just following five steps to realize that you're connected with source. To me, prayer is um, envisioning what's already realized in our own awareness, which is that we're divine, we're good, and we're here to express our good. And at the time, I had no understanding of that. However, I was able to find garbage, trash inside that closet. And as I was playing around with the trash on the floor with the little light that was coming in through the peak hole and through the um, bottom of the door, I was able to look at the colors of the different pieces of paper, and then I started to form pictures on the floor, and through those pictures, I started to get the sense of connection. And the sense of connection was what I considered the creative divine spirit within me, which is that energy that connects us all as one. And as I'm creating these pictures, I start to create portraits and um, all sorts of things with um, trash that was in that closet. And now, um, as an artist, I'm grateful I had those moments because I have the awareness of the source, but I also have this great gift and talent of creating portraits of art using recyclable material. And it's all because um, of how my journey unfolded. And um, now what I'm doing with my journey is that I'm, I'm reaching out to others who are in their own healing and um, discovery of their wholeness um, through art by 
um, teaching classes and um, having a sacred space for them to really experience a different way of connecting to source other than a book or a speaker or a, a prayerful practice. Um, just showing them that there's ways to have a receptive mind so that they too can um, unfold their divine potential because it's in us, it's in us all. So I'm so grateful for um, where I'm at right now. Well, it, it it's so much about uh, a story that, you know, hopefully a lot of people are sharing uh, within the principles of unity or the principles of um, new thought, uh, science of mind, because there's two distinct stories of our lives. There's our birth story, our parents or our guardians or whether we were adopted or, you know, the where we went to school and, you know, that the the path part and the right. you know the experiences that you've had but that's the birth story and and we're being reborn all the time you know we're dying every day so the greater self may live but yet the other story is where the richness of understanding our path um, then becomes so clear to us as it has to you that you were in this closet through this experience that in many ways uh, has its own level of being horrific or why would anybody ever do that to a child and all those kind of things. And that definitely is a part of what we would call, yeah, one's reality. On the other hand, how this story created you that, you know, by far uh, your art and what you're able to do with recycled paper and pieces of paper and and come together and make it look like something it seeds anything that I've ever seen, and I've been around a little bit. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But um, your website heartwonders.com. Um, for those that are tuning in right now, go to that website heartwonders w o n d e r s Dot com, And you can see it's just incredible work and a life dedication to how from that story of a tragic thing that many people um, decide for the rest of their lives that they are going to live and relive and relive that tragic kind of event. Uh, and yet for you, it's like, how can I catapult? How can I become a butterfly, not remain in the pain of the Kyrillosis? And move out and really expand, you know, how I have been created. It, it's really, it's mm, it's very moving and it's very touching. And that was one of many reasons is why I was so excited to have you on the show. Because you are the example of what we talk about all the time. And what we know, it's got to be more than theory. <laughs> but we need to see right. it in action of how right. people's beginnings in their lives are experiences that are not so kind, how they shape shift them to the greater work that they're to do in the world. And what I also recognize about a value that you bring either consciously or unconsciously when you are in the midst of children and adults, as you can see, how within the walls of their own soul, how some of them are still in the closet. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And it's, right? It's, Something's and, locked. 
Yes, and it's um, such an honor that um, that I'm in this space of allowing others to heal and understand that their healing process is um, also sacred as their divine nature um, because the healing process is what's going to help them really have the passion to have an intentional life and and express all the qualities that they're here to express. Um, one of the, the things that I really like to um, experience when I work with children is that they have this sense of um, unlimited um, wonder where they're able to see the world besides of what we as adults see it as. So they're actually some of my biggest teachers because they help not only uh, remind me of how I was when I was at their age, but also of how we can live our lives like that today. Um, and then working with adults, it's quite different because it's it's allowing them to become the child within them. And sometimes it takes a little bit of um, courage to um, create that space. Um, and what I found with adults is that through receptive exercises such as meditation or mindful exercises, it really allows them to create that open space, that open playground where, they're, where they can actually come out and play again or express that um, part of themselves that has been dead for a while and just reawaken to um, understanding that that part has always been there. Well, you know, when as you mentioned that, um, there are a couple of directions in that, you know, how we have it so backwards with, and I've spoken with you uh, before about this, and I know that we are are both on that same team with our own jerseys about the education of children is that it needs to look different for today's times. It's needed to look different since the 50s. <laughs> Because right. I was I was bored in first grade, you know, and it kept and also um, going through troubled times, and that would show up on the conduct grade of that. You know, anybody's bright enough to get if you act out, you're going to be in trouble. But if you keep acting out, you're trying to say something. You're not trying to get in trouble. You're trying to say, "I am in trouble. Help me. I'm in trouble." You know, so you're calling this attention you know, to yourself. So this whole idea of education, of allowing um, children to have what's organic and natural drawn out of them, if you will, um, in a way that they're getting it because they're, and I love how you said it, and I'm with you, and I I don't really feel that our children are our tomorrow. I heard another minister say that one time, children are not our tomorrow, they are today. And it's like, absolutely, they're, they're what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. But they come to teach us. And in our society, we still have it backwards. Yes, we need to help them. We need to help them get out of their stroller. You know, we need to feed them, of course. But when it comes to the wisdom of the energy that they bring, um, you know, to me, it's like sit down and take notes. I love to ask kids, you know, do you believe in God? Um, what do you think love looks like? How do you describe it? You know, all that. I love that. Oh, absolutely. Because I learned so much. Absolutely. 
Yes, um, you know, there's um, that part in scripture that says, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, one must return to being a child. And I believe our children are in the kingdom of heaven. They're in the consciousness of their divine nature. And what tends to happen is um, different educators or authority figures, you know, they tell our children, you know, how to be, what they need to do so that they can be great, or they're so saturated with the social media and um, television of how they're to reach their ideal where our children are actually already living their ideal. It's just that we as society has decided to fix that or cover that. And our children don't need any fixing. They just need a sacred space for, for us as a society, as a culture, to allow them to unfold what they already have, you know, just let them express that, you know. Well, I know that you've also been um, a developer and a a leader um, spiritually and as a teacher in, in bringing to light a youthfulness and more of a modern way of presenting curriculum when it comes to children. Talk a little bit about that because you just, you're so good at that. You're, you're such an innate teacher and you know how to involve a, a curriculum that's empowering and inspiring at the same time. Yes. Um, thank you for asking that question. It's a great question. I love answering. <laughs> <laughs> um, the curriculum that I um, love to um, demonstrate is the, the idea that our children are teachers. So what um, I like to do with a, let's take one class, for example. With one class, if the theme is about um, being powerful and amazing, then I'm going to ask questions about what powerful and amazing means to them. So one question would be, what would a powerful and amazing world look to you? And then whatever their response is, is what they either draw on a mural or create or act it out. Um, it's, a, it's a great for, way for them to teach each other, but also to teach the teachers of how much more they know. And then u- utilizing their awareness of what a powerful, amazing world is to them, and then build on that by asking more questions. So I think by asking questions, we can actually tap into our child's mind rather than us telling them what they should be learning, what they should be working on, what they should be looking, um, which, you know, what they should be looking at. Um, And what we're doing when we're teaching to them, we're pretty much teaching them how we see the world rather than allowing them to um, unfold how they see the world. So it's a much more individual, creative way of teaching and drawing out um, their divine wisdom rather than teaching them in an intellectual way of what they should know. And uh, Which the word kind of, should is... I'm sorry? No, it, it really... Um, sorry to interrupt you. It, it, it really... Um, what it does is it sets up a, a self-fulfilling... Um, prophecy and system, if you will, that if a teacher is only teaching the child what his he or she knows, 
from the experiences that he or she have had, we're developing then a mindset and a heart set only equal to that teacher that's laid that imprint. That's how I feel about it. And what I love with the fact of that style is that it's starting out early in life teaching the value and the necessity to children to always ask the questions because that's what life really is, is knowing how to ask a question to get you to either understand the place you're at or to the new place that you want to go requires a question, not an answer, because the answer is already from an old paradigm, right? And it, it's like I heard one time that when a child goes to school, they start out with a question mark, but by the time they graduate, they come out a period, a period mark. I can't do this because, you know, I'm too tall, period. I'm not able to do that because I was hurt period you know that kind of thing and so right. i love that modeling and it, it it creates children to be able to soar on their own yes and you're so absolutely right the whole thing about um, asking questions i think what we're doing as educators is that we're um creating a sacred space um but also what we're doing is teaching them how to um how to reveal the divine understanding in others. So if they go into a situation or in a relationship or a friendship with another person, they're more willing to seek out the questions rather than judgment or labels. And if we seek to understand, then we could be understood ourselves. So I really love that way of teaching. And I believe it's powerful because when you get to see the children um, ask questions as the curriculum unfolds, it's just pretty amazing how it the classroom becomes their classroom. It's no longer the teacher's classroom. Well, you also wrote a book, did you not, when you were part of the Chicago Elementary School System? Well, I'm in the process of writing the children's book right now. Um, and the whole book, it's all about... Um, a little bird who doesn't understand what he is, and then through his trials and tribulations at the end of the book, he discovers that the kindness and compassion that he has given has allowed him to realize that he's been what he's been giving all the time, which is love. So it's basically a self-awareness book of realizing that you're the actions that you give unto others. And um, being on your show about intentional living just really reflects that message of the intention of love itself is as important as the actions we take to express that intention. Well, I love that we were talking not long ago and we were, we were both um, clarifying uh, that there's a big, there's a big difference um, between people who have intentions and people mm-hmm. who are intentional. And so which one of us is going to take on that explanation? You want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's the idea that, you know, we all have great intentions. However, you know, there's some of us who love to associate ourselves with 
people who are actively doing something to transform themselves and to transform the world around them. But um, when it, what separates people with great intention and, great, and people who have um, an intentional um, mindset is that people who have the intentional mindset actually do the work. They do the action. They get their hands dirty. They, you know, they're the ones that are actively volunteering. They're the ones that are actively you know, making changes in the world where people who hold good intentions, um, they can just be around people who are doing the action, but when it comes for them to step up to the plate, um, they become afraid or they shy away or, um, or don't come back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can see it all the way, all, the, all across the country. You know, that I've heard it so many times, you know, one day I'm going to leave this city where I live. I grew up here, you know, I'm going to leave and I, you know, they have the best of intentions and they never do, you know, um, or they have intentions to um, travel to Europe and it's a great idea, but it, it requires being intentional. You know, making a plan, being open, uh, becoming uh, more aware of what questions to ask so you get the kind of answers that you need in order to make it happen. It's definitely a different way of being. And often many intentions lay by uh, lay by the seashore, <laughs> you know, rather than becoming uh, solidified and, and solid. Um, that's for sure. Very different. Absolutely. I, I've, um, I've, I've been in the space where I have like, I had great intentions, but then I, there comes a time where you realize that there aren't any changes happening. And the reason why they're not happening is because there's no actions being taken. So, um, that part of, um, evolving, um, is, um, takes courage, but also takes courage to, um, express your greatness and some of us are just afraid to express that greatness because we've been told otherwise or we believe our old story and it takes a lot to just to get into that space of um, having the courage to live an intentional life well that's what your art offers I feel just by looking at it it offers people the courage to want to be better and to do better and be more intentional. Uh, we're talking today with Ev Gonzalez. He is an artist. He is a creator of the I Am Center. His website is heartwonders.com. We'll be right back after this short break. Special thanks to all of you for your ongoing contributions to Unity Online Radio. We truly are a voice for an awakening world. Thank you. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet? 
and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. We're talking with Ev Gonzalez. He is the creator of the website heartwonders.com. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-S heartwonders.com I assure you that you want to go to the website and the work of art is just amazing you won't see any type of art like this anywhere it's amazing so many of his pieces are for sale Um, he is definitely I mean he's discovered as he says on the front of the word the website the word heart definitely has the word art in it and you will see heart on every work and paper on all of his empowerment series you definitely want to know more well ev i mean i'm just amazed that your your busy active life and all that you do and are involved in uh you're now um into the works and the throes of um ministerial work um your work, I mean, to me, I look at some of the pieces of art that you have, and I'm thinking it would take me, like, years to just finish one. Um, it's just so natural for you, starting from that closet with that small keyhole. You just you just learn how to take what isn't there and make it what's there. It's amazing. Yes, and that's the, um, the power of imagination. And what it reminds me of is, you know, when we talk about, in unity, the 12 powers, and we think about 
what does the power of imagination really mean? And from the um, Christ consciousness, the divine consciousness, what it really means is it's our intuitive nature. It is that space where we're able to hear that voice that um, allows us to create something from the unseen, to see something that um, is different than what we see around us, which is um, both a healing um, space, but it's also the awareness of just recognizing that there's good everywhere. There's good is present everywhere. God is present everywhere. Well, one of the things that you are so passionate about are the words, I am. How did that come about in your life and how did that become special to you and what are the different layers that it means to you? Well, the I am, um, what my biggest discovery of the I am or my biggest um, connection to the the words I am was when I was... um, doing some of my ministerial um, studies, and I was really involved in knowing more about what the 12 powers of um, unity really means. Um, And when I realized that there are actually attributes to recognize and to unfold and express our divine nature, then I really became attracted to the word I am, because the I am... um, from a scriptural context, it means the Christ consciousness um, or God, the essence of God. So I really believe that we all have the essence of God because we're all made in the image and likeness of God. And the I am is all those divine qualities that we're able to express um, from our divine nature into human form. Um, So the I am, what that means to me is that I get to express that every day, um, sometimes through the awareness of my Christ nature and sometimes um, when I'm not aware of it, but it's always there. And what art has done for me has really put the pieces together, meaning that I've been able to really understand the divine potential in us all, the I am potential in us all, by um seeing it through the art, the art of creating. Um, For example, there's this art project that I do with um, adults and children, which is um, you cut through a piece of paper. You may cut, like, say, a leaf. When you cut the leaf, you have both a positive, meaning that you have the form of the leaf, and then you look at the piece of paper that you just finished cutting, and there's the the tracing of where a leaf used to be. But when you look at them together, you can see that they're both whole, meaning that both pieces are equally important because one helped you develop uh, something into form, and the other one was the unformed substance, which is um, the consciousness where all um, ideas come from. So when you're able to see spirituality and the art that you're creating, then we get to experience the message from a different way, other other than words. You know, you're doing it through an expression of creating art. And that's how I kind of fell in love with the whole I am of how to utilize the I am to not only um, demonstrate um, the divine potential, but to 
offer it to others. And that's how I got excited about starting the I Am Center at First Unity Spiritual Campus. And in the I Am Center Spiritual Campus, there's, um, there's this space. It's a creative space where um, I have, um, it's called the I Am Center. And in that space, we have artists who exhibit their artwork on a monthly basis. But in that space, we also have classes that help to express the healing and wholeness, which is the different levels of reaching your I am potential. Um, and through those classes, we get to um, teach people who um, have forgotten their divine nature. And when they get to explore their divine nature through art, they get this sense of hope, this new aha moment, this new uh, awakening of having purpose, um, not only because they're creating something, but because they get to share it with others. And that's what's so amazing about um, the I Am classes there in the I Am Center. Um, so it's just a great opportunity to have in a spiritual campus, and I'm just so grateful, and I wish that other um, campuses and churches would do the same. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of churches who probably have an art ministry, but what I love about the art ministry that we have at First Unity Spiritual Campus is that it's an art ministry that applies the 12 powers of unity, but it also includes um, prayer and meditation. And the reason why I include prayer and meditation in these classes is because it helps us to um, have a receptive mind so that we can reach the awareness of our I am. Um, so that's why I believe it's all important. And, um, and it excites me because it, you know our congregants get to experience and expand their consciousness from whatever message they receive on Sunday. You know, they get to um, make it a more pra practical, hands-on experiment. So um, I really encourage other campuses and churches to to look at our model and, and maybe utilize some of those ideas in their own communities. Well, one, one of the things that I've observed uh, through the IM Center is, you know, because we have so many classes and people coming from all walks of life, I have witnessed people that, um, I guess the best way to say it, are, are people that uh, a part of them is in the closet. And, of course, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I say this, and every time I say it, I start to laugh because when I was growing up and when I was in my early adulthood, being in the closet meant something very entirely different than what you and I are talking about today. But it's a, <laughs> thank heavens, there's none of those closets. Here. But, but in the, in the closet of um, somebody, you know, either a tragedy of childhood or uh, where a part of oneself becomes closed for whatever reason um, or shut down for whatever reason. That's the closet you and I are referring to. And I've, I've witnessed um, over this past year of people that are in that level, you know. I mean, there are some artists that aspire to just be better, and so it automatically attracts that particular type of person. 
and we're mm-hmm. talking the adult classes, but I've also seen some wounded adults that they're not like tag that forever, but they are going through the closet right now, either a divorce, uh, life change, job change, huge transition. And it is so incredible to study and witness uh, these students over the months of how they are changing and more awake and more alive and more energetic and more creative. It is truly a, a healing in every way. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I have this um, amazing example of um, how this woman just came into one of my class classes and she felt like um, there was, um, um, like she didn't belong there. She didn't be, and she felt that way because of what she was carrying before she came to the classroom. So she became very territorial of like, this is where I'm sitting, this, these are my supplies, you know, and all of that. Um, so she was very territorial, very protective of herself and her belongings and of how she shared. And as she started coming to the classes, she became everyone's best friend. She was sharing her materials. She was buying people canvases so that they can paint on. She was, you know, just like a, a whole big transition from the day she walked in to a couple months later. She was just exuding love. And what's amazing about her transformation is that that love was always there. It's just that she kept she kept it covered. She was protecting herself. So I think this space in the community helped her know that it's a safe place, but it's also um, a place where she can be her true self. And now she's doing great things. She changed one of her rooms in her in her home, and she made it like a gallery. So. Um, it's such a gift to see those transformations. Oh, yeah. What uh, what rewards? I mean, it's just um, kind of hard to put into words, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And there's an, like another example of um, a woman who um, had some prosperity challenges. You know, she didn't feel like she had um, enough to give for the love offering. So um, I came up with a little program that kind of helped people know that, you know, it's not the monetary funds that define you. It's more of the love that you give. And um, I offered um, ways that she can give. And one of the ways was to volunteer an hour or two on campus. And and she did that. She actually volunteered and she helped us in, in a different area of our campus. And as the as time went on, she started to give a little bit of monetary funds, and then one day she surprised me, and she gave me you know, twice as much that was actually called for, and um, I was surprised she gave that, and um, I, I questioned her, not that I needed to, but she, I just wanted to know that she didn't give me way too much from from you know her, um, her savings, so I, I said, is this what you meant to offer? She's like, yes, I want to just give you what um, I felt today in class. So it just, it was a great lesson for me to realize that it's not the the monetary fund itself. It's actually the love and the intention behind the monetary fund. So it was just an, a great awakening for her, but also for me as a teacher to realize that the power of giving and the, the power of um giving value to others 
um, really helped um, this new way of um, understanding prosperity. And that's um, exactly the premise in which you're, you know, building this this work um, within the individuals and their experience is that in the I am, there is plentitude, there is imagination, there is always enough. And um, more often than not, when people think about, you know, uh, they want to have uh, more abilities to give and to share and to express, they they're relying from the bucket that they're looking at, you know, mm-hmm. and they they aren't looking at the the bucket of infinity. In other words, they'll say, "What well, I would love to do that, but I'm going to wait until I have more money." Uh, I would love to be in a relationship, but it, you know, it costs money for me to go and to go out on these dates. And so I'm going to wait. I'm going to do that. And, you know, or I want to take better care of myself, but to go to that practitioner is, you know, several thousand a year. I'm going to wait. They don't seem to understand that there I am is becoming a waiting room um, versus with the intentional person. The difference, again, with intentions and intentional is being intentional, you know, the story that you just shared is spot on because you just give in a way that you can. Yeah. You know, and you just get like often people misinterpret, you know, when uh, in a spiritual community, they go, oh, you know, they they need money. Well, who doesn't, you know, to pay bills and pay power bills and pay electricity and the water? I mean, that's that's the rent you pay to live in the uh, on the earth. Um, on the other hand, um, people don't often get that giving means you invite a friend to the community or you giving means that you invite a friend to an art class. There's all different kind of ways that you can give that's not just one sided or one way. So that that's a great teaching. And I just wanted to expand upon that because. I know that there are situations out there that many people are waiting for the something to happen before the something happens. And you learn to be in the something happening and then everything else kind of takes care of itself. At least that's been my experience. Well, thank you for expanding that because it's so true. I mean, there's different ways to give. And as you're in that giving consciousness, then you are going to receive all the opportunities that you're seeking because in the consciousness of our divine mind, all these ideas have already been realized. It's just that we haven't awakened to them yet. Can, that was beautiful. <laughs> 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 that needs to be a quote somewhere uh, on some. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, um, Ev, tell us, um, where do you see yourself continuing on this journey of heart wonders and expressing good through art? Well, right now I'm just enjoying the the process that I'm in. I am enjoying living my mission, and I am enjoying the learning that I'm getting through um the experiences that I get to um, experience each day and what I see unfolding in the future is to 
expand the consciousness of giving, of, of being love, of demonstrating our I am, um, and maybe teaching um, more classes through um, other communities and um, sharing the gifts that I've learned here at First Unity so that we can live in a culture that um, is all about giving love and knowing that we are love. Um, that is my mission, is to help others define their potential. And I want to see what the universe brings forward, but um, I'm doing the work right now to unfold much, much more that's already um, here for me to unfold. Well, it's certainly a blessing to all of those that are around you that are getting to benefit from uh, your living your life out loud. You know, that that's for sure. <clears throat> and when do you anticipate your book being out? Well, my book is still in the editing process. So I think it'll be, um, I don't like to put a date on it, but I am envisioning that it's going to be um, produced and distributed and in the hands of all the right people at the perfect time. Right now, I'm just working on editing um, some of the illustrations because as my consciousness has shifted, the way I'm telling the story has also shifted. So I have to um, redo some of the pages and um, so that I can resubmit it to um, agents and editors and all that. Well, I'm sure that all the people that are listening want a copy, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know I do. I'm excited to read it because I just uh, I so love sweet. your works Thank and you. how you articulate and how you are as an artist, and it is wonderful. Um, in all of life's journey, is there is there something that you've learned for sure in your life? Yes. Um, you know, one of the biggest learning lessons that I've had was, and that's pretty much shaped um, my whole self, is the the power to understand that um, there is a God. Um, someone when asked, some, it, there was a day where someone asked me um, early on, I think in my late 20s, they asked me if I believed in God, and I said no. Now, how can I believe in God when all this, all these horrific events happen around us? How can I believe in God when my um, childhood was taken away from me, or I felt it was taken away from me at the time? You know, how could I believe in something greater than myself? And um, when someone explained to me that God was good and that good is present everywhere, then I had really had to do some soul searching and look at my past and see where God was and um, taking the example of being in the closet. Where was God at that moment when I was, you know, being beaten and being placed in the um, closet? It was as I contemplated on that, on that moment, I found God in my tears because I found peace in my tears. I found this sense of the divine imagination looking through that peak hole that's where god was so god was present at that time so by understanding that god is present everywhere because there is good and all these tragic experiences that, that we might have as a person or as a society or as a culture 
There is God everywhere, even in some of the most horrific tragedies. There might not be God in some of these events, but what happens in most of these tragedies that we see on TV is that once the tragedy is um, in a space of healing, we get to unite together, and we unite together as love. We unite together as peace, and those are all the attributes of God, and um, understanding that God is good and good is everywhere really helps me just live my life fully and know that regardless of what's going on around me or with me or in me um, physically, I can really um, be in a space of inner, in, uh, inner space, or let me reword this, be in a space of inner peace where I can rest and be assured that God is present here right now in this moment. Well, I can say that I, too, I, I regret that um, someone called a teacher would lock you in a closet, and yet I am so grateful that you discovered that I am within that created the ability to free other people from their own closet and also to be able to really step into that great place of art. I want to thank you, uh, Everardo. Gonzalez for being on our show today, for being an intentional spirit, reminding everybody to go to Heart Wonders, W-O-N-D-E-R-S, and dot com, and you can just see the incredible work, find out more about Ev and his journeys and what he's doing, and see how his four-footed friend, um, daughter Lily, uh, supports his work, and there's much to find out there by exploring for this conversation, as other empowering conversations that you will find, please go to firstunity.org or visit me at templehays.com and thank all of you for the work that you do in the world. A little bit from everyone eliminates a lot that is necessary. So thank you and God bless you on this amazing journey we call life. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a-
with countless decisions, some seemingly insignificant, others life-changing. In each situation, we want to consider all the options. But in an effort to choose wisely, I may become anxious and confused, thinking that my peace of mind depends upon making the right decision. Perhaps this is backwards thinking. Actually, beginning with peace of mind helps me make good decisions. Peace is not the result of a particular circumstance, but the very cause that keeps me calm no matter what I'm facing. Inner peace clears my mind of doubt and allows me to see what would serve me best. When I have to make a choice, I remember, for every question there is an answer, and that answer begins with the peace I already have. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Rev. Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. To find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. 
Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.